0: Attention to roll call. Welcome to the 265 Police Live Series, brought to you by the New York's Finest Retired and Unfiltered Podcast. The mission of this podcast is to provide expert analysis of past and present law enforcement related events with a trained eye. Listen to the boots on the ground weigh in on the court of public opinion. Everybody, welcome again. Here we are. 265 Live 265 Police Live Series. Here we go. Brought to you by New York's finest retired unfiltered podcast. We got more content for you. Unfortunately, the content keeps coming. So we have an article that has just surfaced. What was it? Through the uh Daily News? New York Post?
1: It John, was, what was that uh article? it was the Daily News.
0: Daily News. We so we have a daily news article which highlights Exactly what we've been talking about, nepotism and also the relation that it has. Unfortunately, the elephant in the room that people don't want to talk about race and how it correlates to, uh, with the New York City Police Department. Uh, so why don't we get into it? Why don't we start breaking down this article? We can read it and start giving our synopsis and our analysis. All right. Let's,
1: yeah, let's let's just talk uh, for those not in the NYPD, the, the ways you could get promoted. So the way that people know most in the police department is um, civil service promotions. So basically, you're a police officer, you want to become a sergeant, you take a civil service promotion exam. Um, I know people knock that, that process. I know I hear a lot internally that guys knock that. They say, oh, a test isn't the way to true leadership. Um. I agree with that statement. I do. However, if it wasn't for a test, it's going to just be whoever the chief likes better that's going to get promoted. So if it wasn't for a test, I know I would have never got promoted to Sergeant. I would have never got promoted to Lieutenant. And I don't think them would either. We probably would have at some point, it would have been f- far out down the line. I mean, cause we're, you know, we're talking nepotism here and then we're talking diversity hires. So the way the true, the only way to l- literally eliminate all of that is through civil promotion exam. And what that is, is you take a test dependent on your score Depending you get a couple of points for maybe your time and rank. You could get a, a couple of extra points if you live in the city. You could get a couple extra points for military service. I don't know if there's something for education. I don't believe there is. Um, so you'll get you could get a couple extra points, but basically it's determined on the score of your test. The score of your test you'll be placed on the list depending on how you score. You know, a list could be compromised of anywhere from a hundred to a thousand names. And you will get called in order, dependent on how you you scored. Um, so, I mean, that is a fair process. These tests are multiple choice tests; There are a hundred question tests. Um, they are difficult exams; um, they're not easy. You have to study; you have to put the work in. I think that's the only thing that separates somebody from getting that type of promotion is you have to put the work in to get that um we did have some issues uh on a 2015 lieutenant's exam that highlighted that people were getting um they were getting uh the, the exam i believe was on a friday and you had people saying well i saw i uh, i um I observed the Sabbath, and they took the test <laughs> a few days later. And that's true for some people. They did. But that, that 2015 exam was horrific. Um, same test. It's not a different test. So you get a few days in between. And we saw on the 2015 exam, I believe it was like 5 or 10% passed on the day of. And then whoever got the exemption. And the exemption wasn't just for religious. There is also military exemptions if you're away. Um, We saw like a 99% uh, pass rate. So, you know, I I mean, just right there it just shows how flawed that system is. Uh, They did away with religious exemptions for that. They still do have the military. Um, I do know a friend of mine whose wife gave birth the day of the exam called the Sergeant's Benevolent Association, said, hey, Listen, my wife's in labor right now. And they're like, Yeah, no, we could do Mo. So he wasn't able to take the test. And I remember him calling me later on that day. He was pretty upset. He goes, Oh, but if I would have said I observed the Sabbath, they would have they would have no problem. They would've they would have, you know, let me go. So uh, and that's no knock to anyone that actually observes the Sabbath. It's the guys that are full of shit. There was also a couple of guys in IB that called out sick um, that day of the exam and then took the next day. Uh, took the exam on the next exam, and they all passed, and then they all ratted each other out. I know a couple of them got jammed up, a couple of them didn't. Um, so again, you know, I think I think the the promotion based exam, the civil service test for the exam, I think that's the way to go for that end of it. Um, what do you think about that?
0: You know, this argument has been debated for years, and, and I and. The argument has been, and it's a, it's a fair argument, so if the, to inform the public. It doesn't matter if you're the best cop, you're a field cop, or you've been a cop that's working administratively. Everyone, it's a level playing field when, you actually, when it comes to the test. And, and, and it's unfortunate, but you could be an anti crime police officer, very active out there engaging the public, very knowledgeable in the law, case law. But when it comes to the actual test, that doesn't really come into play. And the reason being is because the civil service exam is a measure of administrative procedure, a law, and some practicality of what it is to be a police officer. But it's actually a written rule of what's actually what happens in the book. And yes, the book is a foundation for what goes on in the field, but it doesn't necessarily mirror. Okay. And, and, and people know this. It's just reality. If you go to medical school and you become a doctor or if you go to law school and you actually become a lawyer, the practicality of your employment is actually going to be different than what you studied. It's the reality. We've all been there. Uh, I, I think the best analysis would be a road test. You go to driving school, you learn, you put your hands 10 and 2. And when you take the road test, that's the way you have to perform it. But reality, we all know it, including myself. When we're out there driving, most of us drive one hand, or whatever the way you have your hands under the wheel. Most of us don't just drive 10 and 2, but that's the foundation that we learn it. and how we actually drive is not the same way in practicality. It's the same way in police work. So it's unfortunate. Sometimes you could be the best cop and not actually get the best score. So it's a level playing field. If you're an administrative cop or you're a cop street, you have to take about six months time out of your life. I would say this is probably parallels a series seven exam. You have to put an extreme amount of effort to study in, uh, for a civil service exam. So, and I do think it's a good measure. It shows someone is dedicated, that you can take six months of your life and balance out your family, whatever the case that you have, your job, your position, and take the time out to study this particular handbook. So that you understand the legalities of your work, administrative procedures, such, so that you can become a supervisor to get to that next rank. And the argument here, well, this person is not a good leader, such, such. And and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I understand that. I say, here, this is an opportunity that you take this particular handbook. And, John, let's say you're in in whatever role you're in at the time or I'm in a role. It doesn't matter. We have the same level of playing field to take this test and alleviates nepotism. However you fall out on that particular list, based on your score, you get a number. A thousand people took that test and you're number one then you're the first one to get hired. If 50 people have to be filled for, for a vacancy, the first 50 get hired. Now, I'm okay with that because I, I, I'm a firm believer that in, in some cases, yes, leadership is a born skill. But I'm a, I I believe in the school that leadership is a learned skill. So once you do pass the exam, this is where I feel that it falls inadequate with the police department, is there is about... For the rank of sergeant, it's the longest period of time. The basic module officer course or the beginner module officer course is where you get seminars from different facets of the job, and they speak out. A little synopsis of how you may fit in your role as a sergeant. If you have a crime scene, who would you notify and Who would you maybe conferring with? But it's a very little window that you get an opportunity of, crack of a window of what you're going to see. But there's no actual leadership training. It re- you really have to take it upon yourself to read leadership books or actually get out there and practically administer your job to understand leadership, to be a role model and a mentor out there. But that's, not, that's something that's torn that's on the job. And I, I'm, I'm, I feel I'm okay with that process. The, pr- the process that I take issue to is discretionary promotions. Well, if it's a police officer that's going to get the rank of detective specialist, if it's a sergeant, it's going to be sergeant special assignment, lieutenant special assignment. And the one that I take most issue is the rank of captain, because after captain, it's all discretionary promotions. And that is where we start to open the window for extreme amount of nepotism and also the elf in the room. And I said the elf in the room it's because it makes people uncomfortable. It's the reality. John and I are not racist but we want to let's be realistic that race and diversity plays a major role in how we promote those the, the captains moving on in their careers to have our leadership and it's led to fair leadership because we're not organically promoting the captains discretionally on who is best to lead their commands we're trying to find certain captains or certain inspectors to fill chief ranks or inspector ranks by diversity. We need so many black commanders to fill so many roles or Hispanic. Okay. And then so many white, depending on the cases or Asian, but that should not be the facet. Whoever's the best candidate should fill it and organically, we should have diversity.
1: Yeah. So before we got into the sacred cow and uh, upset anybody, I just want to let you know anybody that's gonna take sergeant rank, lieutenant rank, captain rank, if you're looking to pursue those. Definitely reach out to Mike Yanisak, get his elite digital patrol guide. Uh I you know, I like I said, I used him. I used him to study to get my way up. I spent four hours a day. I broke the entire patrol guide down, line by line, on cue cards. I did it probably twice per exam. And I would take a basic line, uh, Two uh, section two hundred two one patrol supervisor line one. So I could always go back and reference exactly where I got that from. Uh, the patrol supervisor is responsible for blank. I would turn the card around. and write the answer on the back. All field operations, right? Um, and then I would and then I would compile that. Every line in that patrol guide, I would write on a cue card. I would do that on my own at home, four hours a night for the six month period. And while I was at work, I would have the cue cards and I would read them to everybody. I don't care who was next to me. If you were the PAA, if you were my sergeant, if you were uh, – whether you wanted to hear it or not, you were going to hear it. I don't care. Like, And that's what I did in between the moments of boredom right before the excitement. But uh, to get into the sacred cow, um, you know, I read, we spoke a little bit on this last episode. We kind of ended on it. And then next day an article comes out by Rocco Paris Gondola in the Daily News. And it's titled – promotion process a mystery according to the nypd internal report cited in a lawsuit from passed over asian cops so so the article focuses on asian uh asian police officers and uh, particularly asian captains from getting promoted to deputy inspector and the time frame but i think the article really the data that he cites in there it shows that there is a huge bias and there's a huge discrimination <laughs> against not only Asians but male whites. Um, and he highlights that he completely ignores it and he puts the the on this article that basically that uh that white men get promoted faster than Asians. But let's I'll I'll, I'll start to read the article. Most NYPD brass have no idea. Why they get promoted and most don't know why they get bumped up don't know why they were or don't know why they were passed over those are the findings from an internal report critical of the police department that lawyer john scola plans to use in his lawsuit in which four retired asian captains accused the nypd of discrimination when deciding who will join the upper echelons upper echelons of the nation's biggest police force The short of it is, it's too little too late for these guys, Scola said, but we hope this lawsuit will drive substantive change moving forward and fix the problem, ultimately. Scola filed a Brooklyn Supreme Court suit against the NYPD initially on behalf of Ahmed Ali, a retired Asian captain who spent more than 10 years in rank but was never able to get promoted. The suit alleges about 6 of 10 white captains get promoted beyond the rank of captain Compared to about two of ten Asian captains, so that's. I find it interesting even that the lawyer goes after the whites too. But you know, again, you know, it's 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 time frame. So I would say the suit is correct when it wants to when it wants to hand that out. We'll get into that data. We'll get into that data as we go through this article. But why don't you talk about the, the executive promotion process a little bit? You know, how, how what, what is the new process that came down?
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that. So there was a time – this is where I take issue. There was a time that it was understood on this job that you had rank as a captain and you would fill a role in a precinct, you would fill that billet, and that billet would have a particular rank attached to it. And what I mean by that is if a captain, for instance, let's use the one-to-all, because the one-to-all was our first precinct, and we both worked there, so we could both relate to it. So if the public understands, now people on the job knows, there was a time where if you were a captain and you were shipped sent to the 120 precinct to command that precinct it was understood that eventually when you left that precinct to move on your career whatever your next station or your next assignment would be you would leave that precinct as an inspector not a deputy inspector actually an inspector there's captain deputy inspector then inspector and we can totally agree on that so it's understood if i was a captain and i was working in let's say uh PSA 4, and I'll say that because PSA 4, I, I was a crime sergeant there, you would, you would leave PSA 4 and you would get transferred out of PSA 4 to your next command as a deputy inspector. And what happened over time, and I put a lot of blame on former commissioner, uh, former police commissioner, Shea, that we started to have to fill diversity roles and those that would get promoted past the rank of captain. It didn't necessarily coincide with the type of precinct they were in anymore. It was if they fit that particular diversity bill. And it's unfortunate, but I've seen it with my, with my own eyes. I've seen male white captains work in a particular precinct where prior to that administration, it was understood that, for instance, you're working at PSA 4 for three years. You're going to leave as a deputy inspector and then move on to the next command. And within a year or two, you would then be promoted to inspector. And what I saw is male whites spending three years in one precinct and now spending three and almost four years in another precinct without getting promoted while their counterparts, some male black, or female black, or male Hispanic and female Hispanic. And listen, we're not being racist, but we're being honest based on the observations and the numbers that we have do reflect that. That we did see that their counterparts in the minority roles were getting promoted at a much faster rate. And I saw in precincts that they normally would not get promoted and within one year, get deputy inspector, and then stay in that same precinct, and then another year or two, get inspector, and then move on to another command and get chief. And what else do we even see? We saw during police commissioner Shay's reign, commissioner. Which goes back to the nepotism that we were talking about here. His son is being transferred to the detective squad with less than eighteen months on the job. That's less than one year on the street with six months in the police academy. What we saw is we saw those in the executive rank. An executive rank is captain and above getting what we refer to as double bumps. I can use names, for instance, uh, former former chief of patrol Fausto Pachardo. He was bumped up two separate ranks and, and he filled the diversity role of first Dominican chief of patrol. Prior, prior to this, we had a, a woman by the name of Nilda Hoffman. She was bumped up two separate ranks so that she would fill the first female Hispanic in charge of community affairs. And we had other people fit in this bill of getting double bumps, which, was, which, which means that Instead of going to inspector to deputy chief, they went from inspector to assistant chief. They skipped a rank. Why? So that they fit these certain roles. And it was all based on race so that we could fit these diversity roles. And what can I tell you reflects that? And John, I'm sure you remember. During our tenure with the police department, and while de Blasio was still mayor towards the end of his administration, there was a memo that was circulated within, within the police department. And it was referred to as a mayor's executive order. And the mayor's executive order did indicate that every time there was a, vac- a vacancy for an executive role, when there would be an interview process, it was mandatory that, that a position for that would have to be a person, would have to be interviewed that is underrepresented within the department. And, and I think that leaves a, a, a lot of holes and a lot of questions. Is that underrepresented in a unit? Is it underrepresented as a whole? Is it under, underrepresented for that particular precinct? And that relates to diversity and race. And again, we're not allowing the process to happen organically. Also, what was implemented, which I think is a road for corruption, was towards the end of my career, and John, I I believe you saw this too before you left, is that the community started to have their own input. And what happened was captains that were uh, in charge of their command, or let's say for instance, you had a captain who was an executive officer. And if they wish to take on that role of eventually being a commanding officer, because the commanding officer is the path to promotion. There was an unwritten rule, and sometimes we see it's happening now to fit diversity roles. But there was an unwritten rule that in order to get promoted past the rank of captain, you would have to display that you could run a command, a precinct, a housing uh, area, a transit district, that you could show leadership and you would be a commanding officer as a captain, and then you would get promoted to deputy inspector. And what happened was it was implemented that the community, not only would the police commissioner appoint who would get the rank of captain or who would get promoted past, or who would get assigned to a particular precinct, was not only in the hands of the police commissioner, but our former mayor de Blasio administered the community to be involved, where the community had an opportunity to interview potential candidates, and they had a say, not the final say, but they had a say in which candidate they favored for their community, which opened the doors and the gateway for racism and discrimination. And again, that also correlates nepotism. And I think former police, police commissioner Shea really opened that window and started to try to plug the holes for these diversity roles. And we really went overboard by bumping those two ranks, by holding back these white male captains where normally they would spend two years in a precinct and get promoted. But now we have them in a precinct almost four years. And they're starting to get stale in that precinct and they see they're not getting promoted and their drive is not going to be the same in that person. I mean, how could it? Cause when they see their counterparts getting promoted at a much faster rate and they have not experienced during the amount of time and pressure that they had as a commanding officer.
1: So, you know, it, it really correlates with everything that we always talk about, right? Like if there's not a clear delineated process, then it's not transparent right and the same as we've seen with the vaccine mandate why did someone who wrote the same exact letter for the same and is part of the same faith wrote the same letter as a part of the same faith why did one get an approval and why didn't another right and now we see it here even with the promotions it's a common theme we'll just do whatever we want it doesn't matter right but at the same time they'll sit there and tell you if it's not equal, it's discriminatory, right? And I'll I'll go back to the FDNY case where the FDNY case stated that there was a there was an exam a few years back. It's, it's probably actually almost a decade back now. Uh, but uh, during that exam, uh, you had a you had a group of Black and Hispanic officers sue and said the test was discriminatory. City came back with all that data the data was they spent like 12 million they only recruited in minority neighborhoods they pushed the time of of the exam up uh, so that people would didn't have to wake up early to go to the exam they did it um, really <laughs> no it's, yeah this is all this is all true they they spent only money in minority <laughs> neighborhoods and currently the police department does that today they only recruit in minority neighborhoods so you only recruit in minority neighborhoods they pushed the time up of the exam so so that you know they, they put it more t- closer to the day so it wasn't an early morning exam so you didn't lose people that way. And they made the test free. And even by doing that, even by doing all that, the numbers who came out to take the test and actually pass the exam were minimal. It was a small percentage. And I don't remember what it was, but it was like less than 10%. So the judge ruled, and I think it was a horrible ruling, but the judge ruled if Based upon sheer number of the amount of so called hashtag minorities um you know quote unquote minorities uh black and hispanics based on the number who passed that exam it's discriminatory it's discriminatory based on number alone there's no other qualifying factor that makes the test discriminatory other than that, and I know a kid who is is about a quarter percent Puerto Rican. He'll tell you that he has Puerto Rican in his blood, but I don't know how much of it, you know. And he <laughs> was a police officer for a long time. At that point, he took that exam. He wrote that he was Puerto Rican on it and he was compensated $50,000. He was given the option to take the FDMY exam or 50 or, or take the money. He took $50,000 because he checked the box. And I think that's what you're going to see here. So this data is interesting, right? Because this data is pulled is in this lawsuit is only for the years 2015 through 2017. And I think that if you if if they would have pushed this from twenty fifteen till today, the numbers would get even greater. But since we're having you know Asian Asian captains that are suing retired Asian captains suing, they pulled the data for those particular years that they were on. Um, so, um, so here we go. The fastest during this data, the fastest, the number one fastest promotion through the data, for through 2015 through 2017, is black women. It took them 2.9 years to get promoted to deputy inspector. The average time for black <coughs> men who are number two, black men, 3.3 years to get to the rank of deputy inspector. Uh, falling down to number three, Hispanic men. years to get promoted to deputy inspector. It's almost a whole year longer than it would for an Hispanic male than it would be for um, a black woman. Number four, Hispanic women, 5.4 years to get to the rank of deputy inspector on average. So the difference between between um, between a black woman and a Hispanic woman is a little over two years, mm. two years difference. And here's where the jump start. You have a white male coming in at number five. White males. Um, I'm sorry, I'm missing. I'm missing one group here. I'm sorry. Let me. Um, white women are number four. White women stay in rank of captain for 4.2 years. So they're right behind Hispanic women. They're right, they're right behind Hispanic men. And they're a year and two months faster to get promoted than Hispanic women. That's white women. So white women, 4.2 years to the rank of deputy inspector. Uh, number five is Hispanic women, 5.4 years. Number six, white males. 6.9 years 4 years longer to the rank of deputy inspector from black women and then coming in last it just lists asians it doesn't say asian male asian female we don't you know asians make up according to this article 14% of the NYPD um they t- it takes asians 7.2 years and they don't they don't get into Asian male or female. So 7.2 years from captain to deputy inspector. I mean, so here you go. I mean, right then and there, you're seeing a huge bias. You're seeing a huge bias towards skin color as well as gender. Skin color, ethnicity, and gender. Um, Huge bias. Um, uh. And I'll say that even, even more, the the majority makeup of the NYPD, I believe, is currently <coughs> still male whites. I believe it's currently still male whites. So, you know, we're looking at for things to be equitable, which would mean that the, the numbers would be absolutely perfect, which they could never be um, because with such a diverse city, you know, but. You see that, you see the time and rank. And what's the explanation for any of this? Nobody knows. However, we've heard time and time again Mayor Bill de Blasio, when it was time for him to get a security detail, it could only be a black woman. You know, when it was Eric Adams coming in, who could the police commissioner be? It could only be a black woman. You know, and the first, almost the first page you open in the patrol guide. Will tell you how you cannot promote race. You cannot partake in any organization that promotes race. Um, we're an equal opportunity employer. Um, I don't believe that we are. I don't believe. I don't believe based upon these numbers and based upon those two statements that for Bill De Blasio and then again. Um, For Eric Adams, and I see you even see it here with discretionary promotions that we're, we're promoting based on gender and race at a faster rate than, you know, work performance. I mean, you know, we could we could go into that. We'll go into the steps of that. But I think you could see clear as day right here. We're not an equal opportunity employer. You know, when when some people are given religious exemptions and others are denied, when some people are getting promoted faster than others. I, I don't I don't believe and and based upon checking boxes. Oh, we have the first Dominican chief of patrol, the first this. I don't care about any of that. How about we just have the best chief of patrol? Um, how about we just have the whatever whatever it may be? I don't know why we would need to say we need a black woman as the police commissioner or I need a black woman as my head of security. Um, and I think a lot of that is 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 based on. I just I just want to be I just want to have firsts. I want to do firsts. I that's Mayor Adams, the first everything. The first everything. But it's is it the best? Are are we leading? Are we giving a clear example for people coming to this job? What what is the message? What is the message? Is your does your work performance go? Does my competence level get me promoted? Or is it just my skin color? And what's the message? to Asian males and to white males and to Hispanic women who Hispanic women are right up there, you know, 5.4 years for them to get to the rank. What's, what's the message? Oh, it takes you longer because you know, you're not the flavor. That's what it sounds like to me.
0: This is absolutely, it's an atrocity. The more that we go over these numbers and read this, I agree hundred percent. When you go down the line, you could say, Oh, well, Okay. So we fill the role of, of a black woman. Okay, they get promoted within 2.9 years. Okay, we, we need black men. That's 3.3 years. Hispanic men. Well, Hispanic, so we fill the role of Hispanic. But somehow there we, we, we promoted Hispanic men before Hispanic women because we already filled the Hispanic role. And then last, I think that Asians are pretty on par with white males. I think we can, we can... Group white males and Asians together. I mean, 7.2 is not that far off from 6.9. I think this is absolutely an atrocity. I think that it really comes down to you have to ask yourself, not am I the best candidate? Do I have the best evaluations? Am I the best leader? You have to ask yourself, do I have the correct skin color? Do I have the correct gender? Do I have the right phone calls? Do I have the right connections? Do I have the right networking? Because again, this article said it's a mystery. Absolutely, it's a mystery. Everything that goes on in this department, as far as discretionary, is just complete darkness. Everyone's left in the dark. There's no exact system that's in place. You know, I I remember when I look back and I read Steve Jobs' book. He always talks about that a business has to have a system. A system has to be in place. Because it's good, it's important to have good people, but you have to have a good system. Because let's say, for instance, I'm lieutenant, special operations, and I run a great unit. If I'm out sick or on that, we have to have a good system running so that if someone's going to fill my role, that system keeps moving. So you ask me to, there is no system here that, that is running properly. I think the department is just complete, fair leadership. I think we've hit an iceberg. And it's the sinking Titanic, and right now, the last thing that's happening is the band is playing. And Mayor Eric Adams, he's the singer in the band. And we're just watching this whole thing sink because it's not about who's the best to fill these roles. It's about exactly what you said, check the box. We have the first black female commissioner, great, box check. But you know what? It doesn't matter anyway because she's not the one running the department. We know that reality, we can unveil uh, – Banks is the one running this department as we speak. Unfortunately, I don't want to insult her, but she is a figurehead. She was put in this place because she fits the role of first female black. Uh, And I also, it's my opinion that she was put in this position because she was a complete outsider. And she was running a command of about 300 police officers and detectives. So obviously it would take her to come to the New York City Police Department, which is a completely different animal. And I'm sure she's probably very intelligent. I've heard nothing but good good things about her. But here, she has to fit a role of going from 300, running 300 detectives to 35,000 police officers among five boroughs when she was working in one county. And everyone knows that New York City is is definitely a strange makeup in a sense because in most places, right, it's cities that make up a county, right? If you were to look at Los Angeles County, Los Angeles County is made up of various different cities, right? Compton, Hollywood, different cities make up that county. But New York City is is so different and diverse and so large because it's five counties that make up a city. So here we have the police commissioner that was in charge of 300 detectives in one county. She's now running five separate counties, which means five different district attorneys Different styles on how they run their their jurisdictions in their court systems, processing the dichotomy of what happens in the street and also what happens in court. And thirty five thousand police officers, rank and file, detectives, lieutenants, sergeant, inspectors. And I think the, I think that Mayor Eric Adams knew that she has a learning curve. It's going to take her probably a year, or maybe so a year or somewhat more time, to learn the semantics of the New York City Police Department. And during that time. He could kind of have her to the side and watch and understand to sit back because she knows that she has to learn while Banks is legitimately the actual commissioner. But what do we do? We check the boxes. She filled the role. She fills the role of first female black police commission.
1: I mean I mean and 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 here you go. Like if, if you want to say, all right, it's whites have predominantly historically Ran this job, and we do. We need to push for the underrepresented, the underrepresented to get the exact structure of what we have, the makeup of New York City. I mean, if you look at the census, we are on par with that as far as the police department. We're on par to almost be almost the exact makeup of New York City, uh, percentage wise. But if you're going after the underrepresented. If you're going after the underrepresented to give a head up, a leg up, I mean, let's just call out what it is. Um, so, according to this, overall, overall, Asians make up uh, around nine percent of the job, and that's in every that's in every rank. That's every rank. Uh, this is an appendix pulled off the census, New York City Police Department census, uh, 2021 data. So they they make up nine percent. But you got to remember, Asians are mixed in there with Pacific Island Pacific Islanders, which is Indian descent, Bangladeshi, uh, a lot of other different cultures and subcultures. So what we see based upon that data is. All right, I'm sorry. Give me one second. Asians make up 9.8% of the police department. Blacks in every rank, 15.2%. Hispanics in every rank, 30%. Whites in every rank, 44%. So whites overwhelmingly are the majority, right? But Asians are overwhelmingly the underrepresented. And not only are they underrepresented, they're not even listed properly. And I'll go into the same thing with whites, too, because I, I'll, I'll again say I don't know what determines you to be a white man or a European man or whatever, but I won't get into that. Let's label everybody in that, that – everybody every, everyone from every part of the world is white. Um, let's do that. Doesn't matter how you came here, how you got here, how you were treated when you were here, none of that matters. Everybody's white other than Black, Hispanic, and Asian Pacific Islanders. So, Asian Pacific Islanders are the most underrepresented. So, the narrative that we're pushing the underrepresented ahead falls on its face because they're the most underrepresented. And it takes them the longest time to get promoted. So that's how hypocritical, how nonsensical, even the things that they tell us in everything. Oh, no, we got to push ahead to under, the underrepresented communities. Oh, and you're doing that by taking the most underrepresented community inside of in a, in, uh, uh, not only in New York City, but also in the New York City Police Department and it's taking them longer than everybody else. So again, I think the whole thing fails on its head. It's it's right on its face there. I I already said it's discriminatory going after the underrepresented because it's a promotion based on race and based on gender. So I already I already don't even agree with with doing that because I don't believe the way to not discriminate is to discriminate differently. That's still discrimination, you know. I, I I always would hear the term reverse racism. I don't know what reverse racism is. I know what racism is. I know what what it looks like. This is what that looks like. But again, while it it fails at the point that you're even saying the racist narrative, the discriminatory narrative. Oh, we're going to go after the underrepresented, but not Asians, not the most underrepresented. We're not going after them. So not only is it discriminatory on its face. But now again, you're discriminating against the most underrepresentative member of New York City community, the most underrepresentative members of the New York City community. So again, what 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 is it? Failure in leadership. And you know, and we talk about nepotism and you sit there and you listen to these white men in the rank of three star chief and police commissioner. <laughs> sit there and pull a narrative and push a discriminatory process such as this. And I I sit there and I'm like, wow, it's really weird for you to sit there and basically demonize yourself, your skin color and give your son, should he come on this job, less opportunity. But, you know, I think what we see now is, you know, it's, it's very easy to push this narrative because they are largely unaffected by it. Because when one of their sons or nephews or daughters gets on this job, none of this applies. This just applies. This just applies to those who aren't who aren't NYPD royalty. So, like people like Eric Dim, people like me, people like you, you're you're, you're going to be affected by it. So, so first we're seeing um, we're seeing the nepotism, right? Who do you know? That's how you get promoted. After that, it's based upon your skin color. After that, it's based upon your gender. After that, maybe hard work. Maybe we could squeeze you in, kid. Oh, and by the way, this goes through all the boroughs. So, you know, there's one slot. So, yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll get you in. Maybe we'll get you in at some point. So, really, hard work, competence really falls by the wayside. You may get lucky. I'm not saying you won't get promoted. I mean, Eric got promoted. He didn't know anybody on this job. I He did, you know, his unit led New York City in gun arrest three years in a row. No small feat, you know. Um, but, you know, I mean, it was it was almost hypocritical that it took him so long to get promoted. But, uh, you know, I mean, here we go again. It's just, it's just, it's just, and, and you sit there and you wonder, we don't know why morale's down. I don't know. Maybe these people have no clear path to success.
0: Well, I I think I think you nailed it, one hundred percent. Again, we always talk about this, but it's the truth. What do we see common with different different uh, issues that we hold with with the police department? It's hypocrisy. This is hypocrisy because we're talking here. We had the mayor's executive office, the mayor's executive order, in direction. Right in, in reference to the underrepresented of the job. And we just highlighted it. So here we go. The most underrepresented is the, uh, is the Asian community. So why don't we have the first female Asian police commissioner, if that's the case? But again, hypocrisy. And there are no rules on, w- within the police department. It's whatever, whatever floats their boat at that time, whatever works for their particular family members or their buddies. I mean, there is. There is a complete mystery. I mean, honestly, for for all of us, and I think executives at this point couldn't even answer the question themselves. We all know it's all common knowledge. If you want to if you want to get promoted to the rank of sergeant, you take a civil service exam. If you want to get promoted to lieutenant, you take the civil service exam. If you want to get promoted to the rank of captain, you got the civil service exam. But after that, what system is in place? We know, our, we know that the unwritten rule is that you become a commanding officer and show that you have leadership. But what is the system? And, and, I, and, I, and I clearly mean this. If I had to write out a bullet, or John, if you had to write out a bullet right now, I can clearly tell you that you and I would not, and, and you and I are very articulate. We can express ourselves, and we're able to explain ourselves in a manner that can be detailed. All right? right, we're Very meticulous when it comes to detail. So I, I could honestly tell you, in my opinion, that if, if John, let's say, for instance, I was at your school, you were a professor, and you said, hey, listen, write me a paper of what is the system, what is the path for the executives to promotion? I can tell you that my paper is blank other than gender. Who do you know? What race am I? But other than that, could, could you tell me what is the path? Could I tell you? how long you have to be a commanding officer, there's exactly, on this job, there's no number. I I can tell you right now, I challenge any executive officer that is in the rank, above the rank of captain who's been promoted, tell me, what is the number and length of time that you need to be a commanding officer to get promoted? That cannot be answered. I can definitely, we can agree on that. What type of evaluations do you have to have by the community and the police police commission that cannot be answered i think again i have a blank piece of paper that's exactly what it would be blank the only thing they can tell me is who do they know right maybe legitimately they get recognized by by the chief of department or the first deputy commissioner on this job because of merit but once they're on the list to be recognized as far as actually getting promoted Unless you have that phone call of knowing someone, uh, unless you're Richard Shea, who's going to get into the detective squad for 18 months, you better hope that you fall into these categories of being underrepresented, right? Black woman, black man, Hispanic man. However, if you're underrepresented as an Asian, forget about it, not happening. We have the data and the data just reflects it and and it, it proves and it shows the hypocrisy of the police department and what is this title mystery that's exactly what this is this is a complete mystery but i tell you this new york city police department and i really believe in this i'm not a religious man but i can tell you this what happens in the dark comes out in light and it's happening now this department is crumbling you have a mass exodus again it's the titanic we've hit an iceberg and right now this boat is sinking and the band is playing Mayor Eric Adams is singing the last tune. That's it. We're watching this thing go down, and everyone's dying. There's absolutely no leadership. It's fail leadership, it is an epic fail.
1: And uh, you know, I would just like to highlight uh the, the cowardice too of the line organizations, right? The Columbia Association, <laughs> all all of these ones that are that are out there, like supposedly, you know, to protect uh, you know, people of, of their ethnicity, uh, particularly the Columbia Association coming on uh Columbus Day parade when it took you a day and a half to tweet about Columbus Day, because it's it's a hot topic now. We don't wanna we don't wanna offend anybody. So uh yeah, so so we had we, we have the the line organizations not even standing up for their people. I mean, but I could bullet this out very simple. If you're a black woman, you're getting promoted really fast. If you're a black man, you're getting promoted very fast. If you're a Hispanic <sighs> man, you're also getting promoted very fast. If you're a white woman, yes, you're right up there. We're going to get to you too. Uh, Hispanic women, white males. And oh, the the most underrepresented population that there is in the NYPD and in the city, Asians. You go fuck yourself. You could sit around and wait forever. That's my bullets. That's I mean, and that shows from the data it shows it right there. It shows it right there. You could go fuck yourself. Uh, white men too, and and Hispanic females. I honestly think litigation. There should be more litigation. There should be more litigation. And I'll tell you, I'll tell, I'll tell you another. We're, we're sitting here hopping on the executives. You know, this is the same. For second grade and, and first grade, detective, sergeant special assignment, sergeant uh, detective squad, uh, lieutenant special assignment, lieutenant commander detective squad. This is the same thing. It's all based on – I guarantee you will see these exact numbers. I don't have the data on it because this article doesn't have it, but I would bet a lot of money it would be very similar data to what we're seeing here. It, like almost, almost to a T, because there is a process to sit here and say that there's a mystery. It's bullshit. It's a lie because that. What are they trying to do? We don't know why to avoid lawsuits, right? But you know, just keep it in the dark. Keep it in the dark. When for for a while now we've been hearing, oh, it has to be a black female. It has to be a black guy. It ha- cannot be a white guy. You know, I'm like, oh, that that made me feel really good. I I just gotta say, like all all this stuff has made. If anything, has not only it, – it, it causes tribalism, all of this. It causes everyone in every ethnicity to say, hey, what about me? What about me? Why, why, why does my work not – like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the back of the line because I'm an Asian male or I'm an Asian female. Or I'm a white male and I'm married to a white woman and she goes way ahead of me. Or I'm a white male and I'm married to a black woman and she skyrockets past me. You know and, and by the way I might have, I might be a lot more competent than her I might have had a
0: much better career than her you know, um I'm glad that you mentioned that because i I, I actually I, I take I take I have a, a, a I have a I have an issue with that and, and I'll tell you why I think it's great the New York City Police Department is made up of numerous tribes you know I read a book called tribe and Joe Rogan talks about it all the time it's a great book It talks about the community of a tribe and the culture and and how it does create clicks and things like that. And that's exactly what we have in the police department. And I think it's great to have tribes. We have the Columbia Association, right? We have Goal. We have uh, the Charm Society. We have different fraternal organizations where police officers build a network where they meet other police officers or other people ranked on the job, and they network, and they have meetings. And... And, and it's—I think it's a good opportunity to become fraternal and socialize and talk shop with people of the same uh, community that you come from, or, or ancestry, or like, for instance, if goal—you know, your, uh, p- other people that are part of the LGBT, uh, beach, uh, LGBTQ community that you can relate to, and talk about the job and have people that that relate to you that are on the, uh, that have an understanding of your background. And that's great, and that makes it that's better for the job, but I think that these fraternal organizations have no place in the discretionary promotion, but we know they do. They have a major input. All right, here, here we can see it right now. The first, the first, step, uh, the first, step, uh, the first uh, deputy police commissioner, Caban, is is part of the Hispanic uh, Hispanic Society, and we see. Right now, as, as, as he's in, because the first deputy commission has a major say in who's getting promoted with discretionaries. And we see numerous promotions right now within the Hispanic community because of his paternal organization, of his membership, of his networking. And I think it's great to network and be part of a paternal organization, but I just don't think it has a place when it comes to promotion. And it just reflects on the politics that take place on promotion with this job. And like you said, I said it is a mystery. It's a mystery for those who want to get promoted and find this path. For the executives that hold the cards, the first deputy commissioner, the police commissioner, for them it's not a mystery. Exactly. And you said it best. They want it to appear to be a mystery so that they can protect themselves from lawsuits. But they know good damn well, and especially the police commission, who has the last say of who gets promoted, of exactly how that system is running, and that it's flawed, and it's flawed with nepotism. And identity politics. And again, it's not going to the best candidate. It's going to who can fill that checkbox. And, and, and this is atrocity. Again, it goes back to how this job is a sinking Titanic ship. And you ask me, it's sunk already. Right now, I don't know. If, if you're a police officer, right now, and, you, and you, 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 you can actually see this happening, you better jump on a lifeboat and find yourself a better place to work and somewhere that appreciates you. Because unless... You find yourself in the 2.9 percent, or you find yourself having a good phone call. Guess what? You're just trying to swim ashore. You're, you're a, it's going to take you years if you just go upon merit. I had, I had received. I was on the better end of lieutenant special assignment, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. But I know that the people that were in my corner, and I had, and, and it's not nepotism because I didn't have anybody on this job. I didn't have any. I didn't have a deity on this job. I had a deity in the military, but not in the police department. But I worked my way up. And my bosses knew that I worked hard. And we were leading the city getting guns. And we had a, an amazing special operations team. And I talk about pickup arrests. We were getting pickup guns based on skills, the research analysis that we did. And that's how I eventually got promoted. But they had to fight for me. Every time they went to fight for me, I was beat out by politics. I was beat out by, by nepotism. And unfortunately, no one could ever tell me exactly how that system fell into place when I got passed over. I just, I was told, well, it is what it is. Suck it up, kid. And you know what? Being a good Marine, that's what I did. I sucked it up. But you know what? Now that I'm retired, I can actually expose the atrocities uh, atrocities of this job. And it's true. And it's unfortunate.
1: So I just want to highlight the best parts of this article that really just shows, and for everyone on the job, you'll truly appreciate these parts of it. The report said the discretionary promotion system lacks structure, guidelines, and any form of mentorship or professional development programs to lay the groundwork for executive professional advancement. That, again, I'll say holds true in in the other discretionary promotions, not just executive. The most critical problem with promotion beyond captain, the report found, is the lack of feedback, both. To those executives who are successfully promoted, and those who not, who are not. Of 213 captains surveyed who had been recommended for promotion, 170 of them, or 80%, did not even know they had been recommended, the report found. Only six were told by their commander why they weren't promoted, And only 19 got any sort of feedback after their rejection. Most of them, 87% called the promotion process unfair. So 87% of you guys know the process is unfair. Uh, Executive rank. And I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. You know, it's your fault. It's your fault your process is unfair. One, you're completely silent about it. Two... You know it's unfair. You're watching it be unfair to your subordinates. So, hey, guess what? We reap what we sow. So that's exactly what's going on here. You're seeing your best lieutenant not getting promoted. You're seeing your best sergeant not getting promoted. You're seeing your best detective getting promoted. And you know why. You know why. And I'm not saying you can't do anything about it. But, you know, like Dim said, light comes around and, you know, I was a part of hypocrisy for a long time, um, and I'm not any longer, so I'm going to talk about it, but you know what? You're part of the problem. That's it. You're part of the problem. What You reap what you sow. And and here we go. It's based on race, gender, and relationships, one captain wrote. I think that we could name the podcast it's based on race, gender, and relationships. Um, One captain wrote, there is no formal mechanism in place for advancement. Captains who did become deputy inspectors were also surveyed as part of the study. Of the 110 who responded, only 20 of them said they were fully informed on how the promotion process works. And I bet you those guys were kissing ass, full of shit. The report said 92 (laughs) deputy inspectors, or 84%, called the process unfair. Again, 84% of the deputy inspectors said the process. These are the guys that got promoted. They're saying it's still unfair. They need to be clear and transparent on who is eligible for promotion and why, one deputy inspector wrote. The NYPD, citing pending litigation, refused to answer any questions about the survey, including what changes were made after the survey was completed under the leadership of then Commissioner James O'Neill. So, again, I mean... This article, I mean, I, I think we put it into better perspective than Rocco did, uh, but but it's, it's, <laughs> damning. it's still damning, to say the least. I mean, if you just critically think at it, you know, if you don't just attack the evil white man like they tried to do here, like, oh, yeah, all the white guys are getting promoted. Yeah, three months before you, three months before the Asian guys are taking them on average, it's taking them average three months with, sooner than you let's let's forget that it's taken it's taking other people uh, four four years sooner than you. Let's let's attack let's attack the race that that's only getting promoted on average 3 months prior to you. you
0: know, I you know throughout my tenure in the police department, I always heard this tar- this term. You probably heard it too. And we still hear it. The job sucks. The job sucks. I would oh, I would hear guys say that, especially towards the end. People always complain about their job. That's normal, right? You have locker room talk. That's normal. But we're at a point where the term now, the job is dead. The job sucks. And you know what that means? And when I try to tell people, you know what the shame about is? We are the job. Who's the job? The job is people. So when you say the job sucks, what you're saying is people suck. And that's a shame. You know what? People might be getting sold by that. And when I say that people suck, it's the leadership that sucks. The leadership, has failed these men and women. People don't leave a job because of the actual work or the style of work. Every one of us, I'm sure you would love to do police work right now. I would love to do police work with the correct leadership, with the right administration, with the right politics, with the right laws, the right policies, procedures. But all these things as a whole are implemented and they're led by substantial quality leadership with courage, people with dependability, people that are decisive, people that are fair, enthusiastic, people that do not put others in place because of their gender, do not play identity politics to fit a checkbox, a- equitable distribution of eligible candidates, qualified. I hear, hear that terminology constantly, the job sucks. You know what? That's what you're saying. People that are leaving right now, the mass excess, they're not leaving because they don't like to do police work. Most men and women that do police work, they love it. They enjoy the idea of helping others. The idea of doing investigations. Pursuing this type of police work is a calling. But when you have a mass excess, the job is the leadership that is failing them. That is why we have a mass exes. It's because of the leadership that is failing them. So when we say the job sucks, You say people suck. And it's the people that are running this job right now that are failing the men and women, allowing identity politics to take place, allowing these percentages. The data that you just read out is is disgusting. It's deplorable that we have such a disparity amongst race so that we can fit a box so that we can appease who. And yet the department is failing and we're we're not serving the public correctly or adamantly by filling these boxes. We need the most qualified, the best candidates, those that know police work, that fill those roles. Exactly what I'm telling you. And what does it take? It takes good leadership. And I always say, to be a good leader, you have to have courage. We need leaders out there that have the courage to stand up and say that we don't have a proper system and that we need to build a system. Just like you said, 94% of executives don't know why they're getting promoted, don't think it's a fair process. So there's only 6% that think it's a fair process or they may be yes or no, or maybe, or they're just unsure. That's pretty damning. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean the article smashes it. They they don't have any system in place. Everything's hidden in the dark, um, and that's it. But we we really know what it is. I, I think that article, whoever that captain was, kudos to you. It's based off a of, it's based off a of race, gender, relationships. I'll put relationships first, then I'll put race, then I'll put gender, and then maybe somewhere in there, you'll get lucky with a with a competence. So. I got another one because another article comes out on November 16th by the New York Post, Craig McCarthy. NYPD cop claims accused racist supervisor refused to promote him. A Muslim police officer of Bangladeshi descent has filed suit against the NYPD, claiming his alleged racist supervisor, the infamous since fired inspector James Cobell, refused to promote him. The Post has learned. I mean, that's ridiculous. Cobell's been... How long has he been off the job? Like a year, a year and a half. Uh,
0: I would say, I would say probably close to a year and a half, maybe even closer to two years.
1: I, I think so too. I think that was a while ago. Um, so, Fasad Fuhad Hussein, a sergeant in the department's office of equity inclusion, says he was passed over seven times since joining the unit. And you ready for this? You ready for this? September. <laughs> 2019. He was passed over several times since joining the unit in September of 19. Sergeant Hussein has 10 years on the job. Um, So I don't know how you feel about this, Dan, but I'm going to go a little harsh right now. One, you're in the Office of Equity and Inclusion. You sat there and you denied people religious exemptions. They made <laughs> complaints. And you pretended like you didn't know the OEO law. You didn't know the Human Rights Act of New York State. You didn't know the constitution of this country. You didn't know any of these laws. You didn't know the NYPD's own policy. You didn't know the OEO policy. of <laughs> the federal, the city or the state also. You didn't know any of these policies. Um, and you believe that the unit's successful. So that's one. I don't even believe your unit successful. I believe your unit should be ripped to shreds. I think all of you should be looking for another career shortly. That's how I feel <laughs> about you. And I, and I and I and I and I include that to mean the last two commissioners too in that, including the one that's in here now. Um, you clearly failed at your job and your job is a shill job to bring down and get Done with whatever the mayor tells you to get done, whether it's legal or not. So here we go. Your whole unit violates the law. Whatever part you had in it, small or little, you're a supervisor on this job. You're supposed to have integrity because you work in this unit. And so that's one. Two, you have 10 years on the job. I don't know how much time you have in rank, but you've only been in that unit for three years. So you didn't get passed over seven times. You didn't even get passed over once. And who even believes that in three years in a unit, they're deserving to get the money? I mean, I, I think that's I think that's a real arrogance. I think that's a real I, I think, it's, I think this, this, this lawsuit is a real slap in the face to the guy who was sitting in a detective squad for 10 years and couldn't get second grade, to the sergeant who was in charge of a, a detective squad for four years, maybe four or five years as a commanding officer and didn't get the money. What is this guy doing? He's getting, he's going out to lunch. He's seven to three. He's got the weekends <laughs> off. You, you know, like what, what makes you deserving of getting that money? I mean, I, I, to me, honestly, like, you know, people sent me this article, like, Oh, look at this. And, and my whole thing was, I was like, he doesn't fucking deserve it. I would have I would have put him in. If I was his Lieutenant or I was his captain, I'd be like, guy, right, you want, you want the money, like put some more years in, maybe go to a unit where you're deserving of it. Um, it, ain't, it definitely ain't that one. I'll tell you that. Definitely ain't that one.
0: <laughs> well, i i knew I knew I was right when you and I decided to team up because we think alike. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure uh, I'm pretty sure that you're confident. You know how I feel about him getting a special assignment promotion. Anyway, being in this inside position, I'm not. Listen, I'm not anti. I'm not that guy that says you know I hate people that do administrative positions. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm sure there are pr- plenty of people that are out in the field putting themselves in the face of danger that qualify for a special assignment before this particular sergeant. And also, I mean, let's just look at some small issues here. For instance, right now, and this is what it is with contracts, it takes – it's a minimum of five years on the job before you can get promoted to sergeant. And then once you get promoted to sergeant, if you are lucky enough to get promoted with five years on the job, it's six years to top pay. So that's 11 years on the job till you're a top paid sergeant. So here, this particular sergeant has 10 years on the job, and he has three years in rank. So he's not even at top pay as a sergeant, and he feels that he should be on to the next rank. Right, and he's fulfilling an administrative role. He should be thankful and appreciative. Yes, you maybe work hard. I, I, you know, I don't know exactly what goes on in that unit, but I do know that one thing I can tell you that goes on in that unit. And John, you highlighted is that you're a, you're a tr- a, you're contributing. To the discrimination against those that uh, refuse the vaccination mandate, that I can tell you, you're definitely doing. You want to be compensated for it, but here you have three years in rank. You're an administrative role. You should be appreciated that you're in that position, especially in the climate in the climate that we're working right now, and under the guise of CCRB. And yet, you feel that you were passed over seven times. And I can tell you, the culture of this job, whether you agree with it or not, okay, is that usually if you are are put what's called a grid or a list that your name is going to be looked at for a special assignment promotion it usually does take about a minimum of three years to you actually get that promotion because there's a list of people and usually goes in ranking order depending on the merit or who you know whatever the case is but i highly doubt that you should have been at the top of that list with 10 years on the job and only three years in, in this particular assignment here so I, I, listen we have a duty People of, of New York City to this country and to our men and women in law enforcement, particularly the NYPD, because that's where we serve, is to tell the truth. And that means if stuff that we agree with and stuff we don't, don't agree with, we, have, we can't back up all articles. And I can tell you on this one, I don't stand by this particular sergeant, not at all. I think he just jumped on the bandwagon when everybody else just saw an opportunity and a window for him to get some type of discrimination complaint. That's my opinion on this. I think he's jumping on the bandwagon, because Harry, he, you know what? It's karma. You're in a position where you've been discriminating against; those not getting the vaccine, the vaccine, and now you feel you'll be discriminated against, or you're just jumping on the bandwagon, which, which I think is exactly what's going on here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at Cole Bell. So his his article, he retires in January on January 11th. 2021, but I believe that That came out a while Prior to that, so he didn't even work With Colbell that long, like, like a year Or two, so he was expecting that he was Going to go to the unit, the minute he Went to the unit, Colbell was Going to promote him, so whether You want to say whatever, the guy made racist Remarks online I don't know anyone in their right mind that would put him In for the money and say, oh yeah, oh, yeah This guy deserves the money, he's such a great sergeant He's doing such great work, he's doing God's work Out there um, it's, it's a joke. I mean, I'm definitely not backing that up. So I know a few people sent that to me to talk about it. And that's my honest opinion of it. Um, and you know, it's the New York city police department. We did you a favor. We debunked it here for you. Um, <laughs> you could, you could sit there and go back. How long did it even work for him? What's the average amount of time? And yes, he actually is the most uh, in the most underrepresented, represented, Community, not only in New York City, but also in the police department. But don't worry about it, because you guys promote those guys last anyway. So fuck them.
0: <laughs> you know, I think I think we should, uh, for the public that our uh, non-police officers that are listen to our podcast, and I hope that you are. I just want to break down so you understand. When we refer to, that's just kind of a, a nickname that we use for it. When we refer to as someone getting the money, what we mean is that if you're in the rank of sergeant or lieutenant which you get promoted by civil service exam, there's discretionary promotions within those ranks. So as a sergeant, you can promote promoted to Sergeant Special Assignment or Sergeant uh, sergeant Commander. And the same thing for Lieutenant. You can be Lieutenant Special Assignment or Lieutenant Commander. They're the same pay grades, just a different uh, billet, different name for that particular rank. So you're, you would be promoted within that rank. So you'd still be a sergeant, but you'd be Spo- Sergeant Special Assignment. What does that mean? You work hard, you're a, you're a specialist in your particular field, and you've been recognized, and you would get a substantial amount of, a, amount of of income. For that funding is for is is a is part of your discretionary promotion. So you are still the rank of sergeant, you still wear the same patch, you still wear the same uh, chevrons, you still dress the same with that rank. You're just at a higher pay grade. It's 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 an appreciation for you in that rank, but unfortunately. What we're highlighting here, reflecting is that it's misused and abused. As we, we, we spoke about earlier, with captains and executives getting promoted, what we have debunked in this is the data shows that those are getting promoted in the executive ranks based on identity politics, gender, race, and also, unfortunately, relationships, which is nepotism. But we see it amongst the sergeant and sergeants and lieutenants. And also police officers that get promoted to detective, We see it as well. There is what's called a detective specialist, which means they don't go to an 18-month track within an investigative unit. In their role as a police officer, they provided a substantial amount of work that's been important. So, again, it's an appreciation pay. Uh, So, But what we see, we see race and we see identity politics among these ranks getting these promotions. It's completely unfair. Again, same system. It's left in the dark. If I had to give you a list of bullets of what do these police officers do to get the promotion, in some cases, it is merit, and I could bullet it down. But when it comes to police officers, sergeant, lieutenant, in many cases, it's nepotism. In, in, in most of those cases, I would say it's nepotism. Some police officer that drives a chief around, and they get promoted to detective and eventually detective first grade. This is absolutely and, and insult and a slap in the face to detectives that are working in a detective squad or investigating in a homicide squad, spending nights and weekends on call, time away from their family, doing impressive, uh, prolific investigations. And these guys and these gals don't get first grade. But then we have some police officer who couldn't hold a candle to these men and women, gets promoted for driving a chief around. I think I, I've seen that many times, and you've seen it too. i seen this one particular cop. He was useless, and I don't want to give his name. Absolutely useless, but he drove a chief around, and he was promoted, and he got first-grade detective. So for the public doesn't know out there, there's three levels, third grade being the lowest, and up to first grade. First-grade detectives, their pay is on parallel with a lieutenant. So think about that. Drive around a chief, and you get promoted to detective. What an insult to the men and women that are out there wearing the fine suits out there, looking professional, going to crime scenes, investigating it in 95-degree weather, sweating, or going out there below zero, investigating a case. And they're on call sometimes nights, weekends. I see detectives in the arson expulsion unit. These people are on call for 24 hours at a time, giving up time for their family, and they don't get great but then someone drives a cheap and they get it. And there's a relationship of nepotism.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much we could hit home on that, but that's, you know, that's, I mean, it's, it's disgusting. You know, basically, again, it's killing the incentive. It's killing the morale. Um, it's hurting. It's hurting the, it's actually hurting. It's hurting people too. I, I, I spoke to someone recently who was, highly upset about this process, you know, for yeah. years and years and years and years, waiting, waiting and waiting. And, you know, it affects your family. It affects your motivation. It affects all these different things. And, uh, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Um,
0: I just wanted, well, I, uh, well, yeah, yeah. You, you got something else you want no, no, I'm just saying it, it absolutely, it, it is wrong. It, it is wrong because when you're in a particular role, you work in that ladder, and you got that motivation, the dedication to get to that next rank. And you might have a vision or an idea in your head of what you need to do to get to that next point. And I think what happens is that actually hurts communities as well. Because if you're a commanding officer and you're a captain and you say, well, I think, I think, I have in my head that I need to do A through E to get promoted to the rank of deputy inspector. But yet that doesn't fit well with what the community needs or what that precinct needs, then you're a failure to to that precinct because you're trying to fit what the categories you believe are needed to get to the next rank. Because it has not been laid out for these captains to understand exactly what they need to do, what system needs to be in place to get to that next rank. So for that, they could be failing in a particular precinct and they could be failing in their leadership. And and I, I suspect in many cases, that's exactly what's happening.
1: I mean, once you mess with morale, you're messing with public safety, right? If someone doesn't Absolutely. believe, you know, if somebody doesn't believe that it's, oh, well, why should I go out there and give my 100% when none of it matters? I mean, that's unfortunately the case, right? And I'm not saying cops need to get everything and we need to throw rose petals at their feet and feed them grapes. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> but, I mean, give, again, give people a clear path to success. Give them a clear path to success. We know how to get through the um, – the civil service ranks you got to study your ass off and that's how you get it you know um we don't know how you get transfers we don't know how you get promoted in the discretionary process i mean and i mean we 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 do know but it, you know the the, the, the nypd doesn't know. it's a mystery so it's going to continue being a mystery for a while unfortunately um until we actually do get a leader in city hall and a leader in, in uh, one police plaza. Not a hidden guy who was an unindicted code conspiracy to sit uh, in 375 Pearl Street. Um <laughs> I was actually running the job now. A um, couple of things I wanted to bring up if you don't mind. Um, so the job uh, there was a memo that came out a while back about unvaccinated cops how they could return to work. So to return back to work after guys that vested out or retired, uh, they left early, they were told they could come back to work. So there's a whole process to do that. Right. You got to get approval from the police commissioner. You have to take a drug exam. You have to take a psychological. Now, I didn't go through that process because, again, I didn't do anything wrong. So. I don't believe I would be given a fair psychological exam. I would do it on national TV. I would take a psychological exam or I would I would do it in a, in a tape recorded interview, but I don't feel that that exam would be fair. I would 100% submit to a drug test. Um, but, again, I don't feel I did anything wrong for me to have to come back. So for those people that are in a bad situation that wanted to keep work and basically what they're doing is saying, OK, I'll come back. Their time would not be restored. Their pay would not be restored. So they go through the whole process and they wait. The last step of the process is they need final approval again from the police commissioner. So it gets held up till after elections. Elections happen. And guess what? Comes back down. Denied. Police commissioner says you have to be vaccinated. So nobody's been returned to work. None of the unions that are not trying to hold the mayor in contempt
0: for not following the judge's order. Silent. Again, they're just going to